Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. All right. This past Sunday, as some of you know, uh, we spoke from the subject of overwhelmed. And if you remembered that subject, where you are in the great high percentile of church members, there are a lot of people in a lot of churches that cannot tell you from week to week what was ministered or what was preached. Uh, So if you remember that, you're doing very well. All right. Let me start off by saying this as well. Understand, as you are a member of the local church, you are responsible for the word that goes forth over the pulpit. Just like uh, if you were enrolled in a, in a class somewhere, you're responsible for that information, whether you're there or not. That's very important for us to understand. We are responsible for the word. Now, the Lord is always faithful to give out instruction, give out information, give out direction. As to what we must do in our lives. He's faithful. He's always going to do that. And but the question is, will we be there? Will we be there to receive it when he gives it out? Uh, many years ago, some people would said, well, you know, I wasn't there. The Lord just had to speak to me when I get back. Isn't that what we say? I mean, some they said it then, but, you know, we still say some things now. Well, if God want me to know, he tell me. Well, maybe you poured it out during Sunday school. Maybe you poured it out during Wednesday night. You know, he may not always decide to do it on a Sunday morning, but he is faithful to release a word. Nowadays, okay, we, well, I work and I'm not able to attend. Praise the Lord. I understand that. Nowadays, uh, we have DVD. We have uh, audio, audio. We can record the service on DVD. We can record the service on um, CD, you can download the MP3. There's really no excuse. And if we are really industrious, we can just ask our neighbor, what was preached this past Sunday? Can I see your notes of this past Sunday service? I really want to know. Are you with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. God makes the answer available to all of us. I'm telling you now, we just have to take this thing seriously. Because it's possible to be overwhelmed in this world today. It is very possible to be overwhelmed and to live without answers. But God has already given us answers. But the question is, will we be there to receive it? All right. Turn with me uh, to the book of John. We'll start here tonight. John, the 15th chapter. John, the 15th chapter. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We want to speak from the subject tonight of walking in the light. Walking in the light. Walking in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? You know, before we became born again, we all had ideas of what it meant to be holy or to be right. We all had these ideas. Some of these ideas we came from the church, rightfully so. Some of them came from Scripture, maybe. But most of all, these ideas came from family members or friends, and, and those ideas came from someone else. Uh, but rarely, I would say, did it come from people that actually studied the Word and can tell you what it means. 
to, quote unquote, live right or walk in the light. We're going to define what these terms mean because we are those people of the light and we have to walk in the light. There has to be a difference between those that walk in light and those that walk in darkness. Those that walk in light will eventually end up in the place of light. Isn't that right? And those that walk in darkness will eventually end up in the place of darkness, right? There's no in-between. But what we have today, in this country especially, we are masters at covering up darkness in our lives and portraying an image, a public image, of light. Isn't that right? Sure it is. Just watch the news. Just watch the news. Masters at being uh, pretenders of being one thing in the public, but in the private time, we are something completely else. We're something else over here. Something else. And normally, people stay in that little facade or little dream world until light shines on it. And then they come out and confess on national television. Yes, I am my men and I've been doing it for a while. People from uh, the preachers on the pulpits to the politicians to the governors to the presidents living double lives. Are you with me? Masters at living double lives. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. That's not what Jesus called us to be. We are children of the light, so let's walk in the light. Are you with me? So let's, let's bring some definitions. Let's, let's explore that. What does it mean to walk in the light? What is God's will concerning my life? What is, what is God expecting from me? What is God expecting from me? Lord, what do, you, what do you want from me? That's what we need to ask tonight. I pray y'all with me tonight. So John, the 15th chapter, and we're going to look really at just that um, a couple of verses here. Verse number 18. And it says, if the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. The Lord said, I chose you out of the world. There's a difference now. As we are born again, people of God that are born again, there's a difference. We have a new spirit. Uh, John, the third chapter. Let's go to John three. Let's, let's hop over tonight. Go to John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter, verse number three, the Lord Jesus says here, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is, uh, is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, 
ye must be born again. We are new creatures now. Now, here's the problem. We have, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, here's the thing. We receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we are new on the inside. We have a totally new spirit, new being. But the problem is we're still living in the same body, with the same mind, in the same world. And it is the spirit that is trying to uh, dominate or trying to control this mind and this body in this world. It is the, it can be at times that your flesh, if we allow it to be, our flesh can dominate the spirit man. Sure it can. If we allow it, the flesh, your flesh will dominate your spirit. Your spirit tells you, the Holy Spirit, of course, residing in your human spirit, your Holy, the Holy Spirit tells you, well, no, you know you ought not to do this. You know you ought not to do that because he's the inner witness. He's, he's our signpost. He's our guide. He is our teacher. He's our inner conscience. He, he can speak to our conscience. Are you with me tonight? Amen. And he tells us what is true and what is right. A lot of times in this life, uh, it can seem to be gray. Well, they say it's good. Well, they say it's bad. Uh, we don't know what to do, but the Holy Spirit within you will reveal to you what is right if we listen to his voice. So here again, we're, we're still down here. We have changed. We've come to the altar. We've given our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, or some of you may have done it there in the bedroom um, or in the bathroom. We may have done it in the car, driving down the road. But whenever it happened, we gave Jesus our heart, our lives, and our spirit has changed, and it is growing, and it needs to be fed. And how is your spirit fed? It's fed by the word of the Lord. When, you, when you're in Bible study, when you're in Sunday school, when you're in church services, <coughs> excuse me, when you have private devotional time, when you're open the Bible and you read the Bible, you, you are feeding your spirit man, feeding that, that spirit man. You're feeding him. And the stronger your spirit man gets, the stronger it is and it's more able to dominate or control this body. Are you with me? It can dominate or control the mind. The word of God comes in and it will control the mind if you will let it. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. We're going to take a little journey tonight. I pray I haven't lost anyone. Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12. We got to have the word of God. If you don't feed your spirit on a regular basis, you will get weak. You. Who is you? You, the spirit man, you, the one that knows what is right. You, the one that knows that is true, what is true. You that wants to do what is right. <clears throat> you see, it's kind of like a seesaw, really. Uh, like two kids playing on the seesaw. Whichever one you give more weight to, you know, more weight to, he's going to be in control at the bottom. Whichever one has the less weight, well, what? Well, come up and be out of control. Feet dangling in the air, right? Let me down, let me down, let me down, let me down, let me down. Right? Let's say you got the two kids there, same height, same weight, same age. You know, what determines the difference? You know, the weight that you put on. So you give one of them a bag of flour and he, and he boom, falls down. He's in control. His feet are on the ground. The other one is dangling in the air. 
Well, one is flesh and one is spirit, right? Right? So how do we give the spirit man or the flesh, how do we give them weight? How do we give them control? How do we give them power? Well, we can sit at home all day and watch television, watch all kind of ungodly stuff that we know is on there, and some stuff just may be neutral. If it's neutral stuff, it's still not feeding the spirit, you know? Maybe just some good shows. There's no cussing, no fussing, no uh, none of this uh, sexual stuff. It just could be a neutral show. But it's still not doing anything for your spirit, man. Are you with me? So we take this stuff and we take it over and we give it to flesh. Boom, flesh in control. But when we open the word of God and see the more we put on the flesh, the more we put in the flesh, the more it's in control. The more it's in control, the more it's in control. So we come to Bible study one day a week or two days a week or whatever, three, uh, however, if you don't really get the word in you. I mean, it's, 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 it takes more than just being in the room. Does everybody understand that? More than just being in the room. You got to come to get something, get fed. Turn to the neighbor and tell him, I came to be fed tonight. Okay, what are we talking about? We, I mean, we, yes, we've just eaten natural food. This is dinner and Bible study night, yes. But fed by the spirit, I've come to receive my spirit man is hungry. So what are we doing tonight? We're taking that flower bag there and we're putting it on our spirit man here. Because he's way up there, right? Because we've been feeding the other side. And and so he's way up there and we we come to church and maybe once, let's say somebody who come to church only once, you know, once every blue moon and you know the spirit man still way up there and they say well why haven't anything changed in my life why haven't anything changed in my life well we got a ton of flour down here on the other one right so what happens you've got to begin to feed the spirit man and give him more and give him more after a while what happens he comes down the side come up right eventually that spirit man gets control again right But when the spirit man gets in control, we have a tendency of getting lazy. We get a tendency of being just just becoming lazy. We stop going to church so much. Eventually, you slack off praying. Eventually, you say, I was doing so good. I used to pray all the time. I used to study all the time. What happened to a spirit man was in control and we got comfortable. Spirit man in control. We got real comfortable, didn't we? So we slacked off some. We, we, we can slack off. Anybody like that? Anybody here can say that? A couple people yeah. can say that. We can slack off sometime. What happens? Does the world slack off of you? No. There's so many images and so many things that are enticing to this body, to this flesh. And when we don't even know it, we'll take another bag and put it on flesh side. Right? Before we even think about it, we're taking and putting on flesh. Oh, it's a good. You ought to you ought to see this. You ought to see that. Well, you, you know it's not all that good. You know there's some this and that where we say, ah, oh, you know what? It can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. Oh, listen to this. Listen to that. Oh, you know, well, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. What are we doing? We're putting it right back on the flesh side. And what's happening to the spirit side? At first it was in control, but now it's it's up, you know, all up in the air once again before you know it. And slowly but surely, spirit man is out of control. And once flesh is in control and spirit man is out of control, our lives begin to get in a spin. Right? And when base nature, carnal nature takes over, it's like that of an animal. 
you know, uh, a wild animal will see some meat, doesn't care who's around, he's going to eat. Right? Driven by impulse. And we do not need to be driven by impulse. I pray you hear me. We do not need to be driven by impulse. Because it's there, I'm going to eat it. Because it's there, I'm going to eat it. Because it's there, I'm going to do this. Because it's there, I'm going to do that. We don't need to be driven by impulse. Are you with me? Now, it's easy to feed the flesh because this world system is geared to feed flesh. Does everybody understand that? That's why the Lord said, I send you out, um, um, uh, send you out as sheep among wolves. This whole system which we live in is geared toward feeding your flesh and starving your spirit. As a matter of fact, if you if you feed your spirit around those that are feeding their flesh, they'll call you names and say, you must be one of them holy rollers. You must be one of them church folk. You need this and that and the other. They will criticize you, ostracize you, talk about you because you're feeding your spirit and not your flesh like they are. You understand? Do you, do you, do you see the problem? Yeah. Our movies. Most of them, more, 99, I don't know what percent of the movies that are out today are geared at feeding your flesh and not your spirit. Television shows that we watch today geared at feeding your flesh and not your spirit. Are you with me? We have become so consumed in this thing that when the boy in the movie, when the boy finally gets the girl, we, they've been in love for so long in the movie, and they finally get together, and they commit an act of fornication, we get so happy. Woo, they finally got together. I know they get together. What are you talking about? They just committed fornication. They ain't married, and you know they ain't married, but we get happy that they got together. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me in here. Get so happy. So-and-so, the bad man, he's been the bad man all throughout the movie, killing this person, killing that person, and we're so glad when they finally kill him. What do you mean? He's a soul, need to be saved, but we're glad he was killed, glad he's dead now. Rejoice in evil. Come on now. Mm. Characters like James Bond, you know, he always he had the lick in his hand and this and that and the other. Ooh, I want to be like James Bond. I want to be a fornicating adulterer, just like James Bond. I want to be a wine bibber, a whoremonger, just like James Bond. What? Because it's glorified. Are you with me? So this whole system is set up for one thing. To lead us all straight to hell. Can you see that? So we have to fight against this stuff. Fight against the influences that are down here. The only way we're going to do that is by getting heavenly influences into us. Garbage in, you're going to have garbage out. Another saying, you're gonna, um, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. That's naturally true and it's also spiritually true. We are what we consume. What do we focus on? What do we uh, concentrate on? We will become like that. You will come like what you, you will become like what you meditate on. What you're looking at, you will eventually become like that. Does everybody understand? Eventually, you will become like what you see. 
You become like what you spend your time in, what you idolize. You will eventually become like it or you will try, you will take on its characteristics. People that idolize uh, uh, the sports figures. I want to be like Mike. They try to jump and hang their tongue out, right? Isn't that right? Jump, hang your tongue out. You want to buy the shoes, right? Idolize. So what you want to do? You want to buy and do things. When the whole Madonna craze was out in the 80s, girls had their little uh, fishnet sort of gloves on and their hair like that. Whole Michael Jackson thing came out, had a little glove on. I had my Michael Jackson glove on, <laughs> you know, and had... You know, so forth and so on. Everybody want to dance, want to moonwalk. Anybody like, you remember they had to, you know, <laughs> I can't do it. But you know what I'm talking about, right? When you idolize things, what happens when we focus on them? Man, I want to dance like that. We begin to become like that, right? It's true. It's true. So when we idolize things of the world, we begin to become like that. What happens when we focus on Jesus like that? We begin to come, become like him. Hmm? What you focus on, that's where you're going to, that's where you're heading. That's your direction. So we need to watch, take care of what we're watching. But Romans 12. Romans 12 says, I beseech you that, uh, verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not what? Conformed to this world. Conformed. Don't be shaped in the image of the world. Now, here again, we're, we're fighting a battle, man. We're, fight, we're in a battle. If you didn't know it, you better know it now. You better know it. We're in a battle. There are so many images there that we're fighting. The Bible says, don't be conformed. Don't be shaped like them. Don't think like them. God brought us out of it. He brought us out of darkness into, the, into his marvelous light, the word of God declares. He brought us out of darkness into his light. But the problem is, yes, we're out of the darkness, but we're still living down here. You say you're in a household and you got 10 people living in one house or let's say you got three people living in one house and you're the only one saved. They say you're all adults, roommates or what have you. You're the only one that's saved. Well, still in their room, you had once before you had all these pictures hanging in your walls, on your walls and all this stuff. And y'all went out all to the clubs together and this and that. And the other. You had a real worldly life, real worldly existence. But you got saved. You gave your life to Jesus and you pulled away from it. But they're still in it, and they're still asking you, come on, let's go to the club. Come on, let's have a sip. Have some 40, have some 20, have some 10, all that stuff. They're still trying to what? Influence you because you were in that lifestyle, right? So you change, but they're not changed. But they are inwardly looking to you. They're looking to you because you're doing what's right. And they know you're doing what's right. And they really want you to make it. They really want somebody to believe in. They seem fakers. They seem people living two lives. One in public and one in private. They really want you to succeed. 
And eventually, as they look at you, they'll eventually turn their lives to the Lord, just like you do. Because your life will be a living testimony. Brother Charles mentioned that on Tuesday. Powerful message. Living testimony. They may not read the scripture, but they will read your life. Are you with me? So don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've got to renew this mind. Your body doesn't move without your mind. Do you understand that? What makes one person say this is ugly and other persons and other persons say that's pretty. It's the mind. It's what they've been exposed to. It's the mind. It's the mind. And what we put into our minds will eventually determine how we see things. All right. The word of God, putting that in us will determine how we see things. All right. So. Let's look at some scripture. I really want to arm you tonight and let you know that it is possible. It is possible for us uh, to have victory in our lives. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it is going to be easy to be a Christian in a non-Christian society. Listen, there are Christians and there are Christians that pretend to be Christians. And then there are those that say they're not Christians, but they're supposed to have Christian values. And then those are those are people over here who just have no idea what they are. They say they're atheists or they're beyond they're something else. What we want to get to tonight is not we're not talking about the atheists. We're not talking about the Buddhists, not talking about those that are in Islam and all the other cultures, not talking about those. What we're at tonight is to try to get us to realize that as Christians, we must really be Christians. Are you with me? Now, this has very little to do with with your physical actions in regards to what we call sin. Now, let me tell you, tell you this. Christians, the Bible, the Bible talks about, and it's in the book of Romans. We'll get that in a moment. We may get it sooner. Go to the book of Romans. Again, I want to show you this. <clears throat> Go to Romans, the sixth chapter. Before you get to Romans 6, go to Romans the 8th chapter. Romans the 8th chapter. We're going to talk about sin and the Christian. Romans the 8th chapter. Let's look at verse number 13, 14, 15. <clears throat> Getting right to it. Verse 13 says, For if ye live after the what? The flesh. What's going to happen? You shall die. Stop right there. The Bible says that there is pleasure in sin. 
I can testify to that. It also says that that pleasure only lasts for a season, only lasts for a short time. The enemy will use that pleasure in sin to bait a hook just enough to get in your mouth. and You say, "Ooh, this worm is so good. Mm, this is a good worm. Woo, this is a good worm. I'll squirm in your mouth. You say, oh, my goodness, this is a good tasting worm. Then all of a sudden you feel a, a stinging sensation in the back of your mouth as the devil just hooks you and pulls you up. So is there pleasure sin? Yes. It's like a fish eating that worm. Oh, it's a pleasurable experience, I'm sure, for fish to eat worms. They seem to be pleasured, pleasured by it. But when you pull them up and put them in the boat, if they could talk to you, I bet you they would say, I wish I had kept my mouth closed. I wish I had swam by that one. I thought it was an easy meal. Right? Fish are driven by impulse. They see it and they try to get it. Right? We don't need to be driven by impulse. We need to be driven by the word of God. If we're driven as Christians, if we are driven by impulse, we're going to die. Let's read that again. For if ye live after the flesh, you shall die. But, say but, if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You're going to live. Now, is it possible that or rather, do Christians sin? The answer to that question is yes. But do Christians practice sin? The answer to that question is no. We do not practice it. If you practice it, then you shall die. What does practice mean? Just like a, just like a doctor. You know, lawyer, they have their own practice. What does it mean to practice something? Well, when I go out and practice something, or whether it's football or basketball or a game on my PlayStation, whenever I get a chance to play it, when I practice it, I practice it to get it right. Right? I love, boy, when I'm able to get a chance, I get a, a fresh game when I have time to play it. I love finding one that I don't know anything about it or a new program. I love the challenges. This point, I don't know anything about it, but very shortly, I'm going to know everything about it. I love that challenge and mastering it. That's just me. I love to master it. I'm practicing toward a mastery, right? And when we practice sin, we're practicing it. That is, we're doing it constantly over and over and over and over and over again on purpose. We don't sin by accident. We sin on purpose, right? No remorse, no change. Now, do do Christians do that? No, not a true Christian, not that one that is born again. Because when we do do that, when we commit a sin, the Holy Spirit is there to convict us of the sin. This is one way that you know that you're truly saved, because the convicting power of the Holy Spirit resides in you, and you feel sorry, and you feel that remorse. And you fall down the altar of God and you say, Lord, I did it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Wash me of this sin. Wash me of this thing. It feels icky on you. It feels terrible on you. 
And immediately you regret that you did it. Why? Because you were clean. And you put you got some mud on you and you see how bad this is. But those that are in the world, those that are not born again, those that are those that are not Christian, those that have not been washing the blood of Jesus, well, they're they live in the mud anyway. So a little bit more mud doesn't bother. If you playing in the mud and somebody throws some mud on you, what's the big deal? But if you come out the mud pit, you get take a shower, wash your hair. Get a new change of clothes. You put on your white suit. Praise the Lord. You feel good. You feel clean. Put on your smell good like some of you do. (laughs) Walk in it. Get it all on you, right? Get on your smell good. You feel good, right? So when somebody goes over there still in the mud pit, they get together a mud ball and throw it at you. You go, oh, that's sin. Right. And we know it's sin. we can tell the difference when you're born again. You can tell the difference when you have sinned. You can tell when there's a mark on you. You can tell it makes you feel horrible, terrible, bad, makes you feel nasty all inside. all ooky inside. You know, you got to get this thing right with God. Right. If you're truly born again, you feel that. But if we're not born again, if we're just pretenders. Want to hang around? Just pretend that you don't feel that. What's another mud spot? You're already muddy from head to toe. Right? But here again, this is why Christians don't practice the sin. Because we can't. We can't. Because the Spirit of God within us lets us know this is wrong. It's not a part of us anymore. At one point, we could do that. We could, we could lay in that mud all night long, shake it till we broke it. Shake it till we break it, right? All night long, drink it and everything else. We get gone all night long, all night long. Party over here. The roof, the roof is on fire and all that stuff, right? Have a great time. So we fought, but always there was a hook in it. Woke up the next morning. Oh, did you have fun fun last night? I don't know. Did I have fun last night? I can't remember. You know, oh, you don't know what went on. You just felt, you know, you you knew it was wrong, but oh, you had so much fun doing it. But now that you're on the Lord's side, you come away from that. If you went back into that environment, you think, oh, God, I don't belong here. This is this this. This is not me. Let me give you a word of personal testimony. I do that from time to time. I grew up, my father was a policeman. My mother was a nurse you know, at the time there. And, and I grew up pretty much sheltered. My dad knew what was out there. He knew what was out there, Brother Charles, so he wouldn't let me get out there. All the way up through high school, I had a curfew. Even a senior in high school, I had a curfew. I had to be at home. He wouldn't let me go out to all these places. That was just, that's just where I grew up, okay? Praise the Lord. So when I finally got out, finally got my own place, 21, I had me a car. Praise God. I'm thinking, praise the Lord. You know, I'm, and uh, my family and I, we would go to church every once in a while, but you know, uh, but when I got old enough, like 18, 19, I decided, well, I'm going to I'm going to go. Whether they decide to go or not, 
I had something in me. I knew I wanted to go to church. I knew I wanted to know about Jesus. Praise the Lord. So I began that walk with him. So when I finally got my parents' household, hey, I'm 21. You know, I'm old enough to get my car. I decided one day, I'm going to go out to one of these clubs they're talking about. Yeah, I went to one of the big ones up in Atlanta. I think it was Mr. V's Figure 8 or something like that. I said, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. So I got my little clothes on. That time I was driving a BMW, praise the Lord. Looking good. I had already had my smell good on, praise the Lord. Got in the car, drove down the highway, went down to Old National, where it was, I guess, at that time, and the cars in the parking lot. So I was driving up, I thought, hmm, something's just just not right. I said, no, I'm going in here. I'm 21. I'm going in this club here. Showed, got to the, got to the guy there. He asked my ID. Showed to him. I walked inside. I thought, boy, it's dark in here. <laughs> Saw people over there dancing and turned around. No, this is not for me. <laughs> I walked back out. Of, it was a strange place and I knew on the inside the Spirit of God was telling me, no, no. And I felt, no, this is not for me. So I turned back out. Got back in my car and I said, I'm going home. I said, I'm, I'm just going home. I'm going home. I thought I'm going, I'm going home. I left the environment, but the environment didn't leave me. So I was driving down the road, about to turn the expressway. Here comes a car of maybe three or four young ladies. They pulled up beside me in the traffic light. They said, hey, where are you heading? Home. <laughs> And I drove and went on home. <laughs> I was through with that. Forget that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had had my brush with danger. That's it. Somebody said, man, you missed an opportunity. An opportunity of what? AIDS, gonorrhea, syphilis, what? You name it. What? What? Which one did I miss that night? Children somewhere else that I don't know which one did I miss. Are you with me? But I had to make a decision then and the spirit of God within me. I was born again, but flesh took control. And I said, I'm 21. I'm going out to this club thing. I mean, everybody talking about club. I couldn't go to a club. I'm going out dressed up. (laughs) Wash the car. I'm going out. But because I was born again, because I was clean, I went into an unclean environment. And I knew this wasn't right for me. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. That's just part of my testimony way back in the day. Praise the Lord. Lord, make you tell on yourself when you get up here. I'm telling you. But, but you understand what we're saying. If you're born again, the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. Now there's a difference. We can't carry on the way that we used to carry on. Now here's another problem. There are some things that are deeply rooted in us. 
deeply rooted, deeply rooted. We're born again now, we're saved now, but there are still some things that we didn't take off. The Bible says, take off that old man, take off. There are still some things that we haven't taken off yet that some of us still struggle with taking it off, right? And even in the body, uh, there's, there's sometimes people try to make allowances for it. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Let me show you some things. <clears throat> try to make allowances for it. There are preachers that try to make allowances for the flesh. I went to a, one minister's uh, conference and uh, they began to say how, you know, the man, the man of God has lived holy and, and uh, they began to talk about, there were some other pastors there talking about their particular stories on how they would go places and uh, they would ask, well, you know, do I have my hotel accommodation things? Yes. Uh, well, who can I hook up with tonight? What sister do you have here that I can hook up with tonight? I thought, my God, what are you talking about? What sister here can I hook up with at your church running a revival? Who can I, where's your sister? Where's your, what's a, what, who's your resident prostitute in the church? Real stories, real people masquerading. Oh, now they have a great gift. Make the people get them stirred up emotionally. Show their, show the people to jump and shout and holler and scream. Oh, good service. No real word was given. But they were, they, were, they were in emotional frenzy and couldn't tell you what the man spoke about. All they could say is that they had a good time. And afterwards, where's the sister at? I'm telling you. Is it true? Yes, it's true. Just watch the news. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll get sucked into this vortex or whirlpool of, or whirlpool of sin, of, of lust, of all this stuff, we get right back in the pig pen. Slowly but surely, we get back out here. So far, then, the Bible says that you which are spiritual, restore, the one, restore that one in the spirit of meekness. So we got to come over and come on and pull you out. Right? See, some of you may have to do that for one another. Go over and pull somebody out. Do these things exist? Yes, they do. And it's plaguing the church. Another statistic. Very frightening statistic. Uh, there was a pastor's conference in one of the large cities. I'm not going to call the name. One of the largest, larger cities. And uh, some of the hotel, if it's some of the hotel representatives knew that their pay-per-view uh, rates would go up or their pay-per-view revenues would go up that night because the pastors were in town. <laughs> on the, uh, in the naughty, naughty movie section. We got to pray, church. Is it happening today? You bet. And if you don't pray, guess what? It'll happen to you. If we don't feed the spirit man, there's only one way to go. If you don't, if you don't put the bags on this one, that one is eventually going to come up because the devil is trying his best to put everything over here to feed your flesh every day. Every day he's on a mission. There are demonic powers trying their best to feed you fleshly things every day, all day. Are you with me? My wife and I went into one of the movie stores, one of the movie stores. 
Had this magazine, this lady there half naked right down the covers walking in. Hey, man, I got children. Put that thing away. <laughs> Had to call the manager around. Put that thing away. Now, to the world, it was tame. But to us, no, there's something wrong with that. You go in there to Walmart checkouts or some other store, you see all this, this, and that, and the other. The enemy is busy at trying to give you images every single day. He made it his business to put as much weight on your flesh as possible so that spirit man gets out of control. Knowing that, what do we do? Well, uh, I don't want to go to church today. Um, uh, I'm staying at home. Uh, um, you going to Bob study? No, my show about come on. Uh, we get real lazy. Meanwhile, the enemy is over here stoking that fire, stoking that fire 24-7, seven days a week. He's serious about what he wants to do to you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. But on here on this side, sitting in church, what time is he going to stop? I'm ready to go. Let's pass notes. Let's talk to one another. Because what he's saying is really not that important anyway. So when we get back out there and the devil puts that pack of meat in front of you, you like a hungry wolf, a hungry dog, driven by impulse, because we haven't been feeding spirit man. If we had been feeding the spirit man, the spirit man would be strong enough to resist that. Remember the Bible says in the book of James, submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But if we don't submit to God, we don't have the strength to resist. Understand, because your base nature will take over. Oh, I pray you hear what I'm saying to you. It's only going to go one or two ways. That's that seesaw. Whichever one you give the most weight to is the one that's going to be in control. And the one that's in control at the bottom can torment the one on top. Just shake it, shaking going on. Some of y'all were doing that, weren't you? Shaking it, shaking the person up top. Hey, you're up on top. Hey, man, what you doing? Stop doing that. You're out of control. And one on the bottom, he's the one that's tormenting the one on top. I know I had some seesaws in here. Whoever you give the weight to. So the question is tonight, if we're going to walk in the light as he's in the light, you got to make a decision. Now, just because you take a break doesn't mean that the devil's going to take a break. He's not going to take a break. The Bible said in the book of Ephesians. Oh, let's get it. Ephesians 6. Praise the Lord. Y'all get anything out of this tonight, I'm telling you. I'm enjoying this word. Ephesians 6, the 10th chapter, rather 10th verse. We're almost done tonight. Ephesians 6, 10. It says, finally, my brother, are you there? Says, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, that's a command. Hey, y'all, be strong. Be strong. How you want to get strong? Get the word in you. Get the word in you. Be filled with the spirit. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the spirit. And the Bible says in the book of Jude, you will build yourself up in this most holy faith. Are you with me? As you spend time with the Lord. Spend time with him, just you and God, just you and him, just you and him. 
without all the music, just you and God, get in your secret place. Just you and the Lord, if you have to close yourself away, get in your bathtub, close the shower curtain, whatever you got to do, get just get you and the Lord. As, whether you're driving to work every day, you there got the windows, turn the radio off for a change and talk to God. Amen. Just you and the Lord. Amen. Once you spend that quality time with him, don't you know what's happening? You're adding more weight to the spirit man on the seesaw. You're adding more weight. The more you talk to the Lord, you're adding more weight. The more you read your Bible, the more you study your Bible, you're adding more weight, adding more weight. Because rest assured, here comes the enemy again. He's going to come again with, that, with another worm on a hook and going to dangle it in front of your face. I'm not sure what your worm is. Your worm could be drugs. Your worm could be alcohol. Your worm could be bad influences. Your worm, whatever your worm is, you name it. They got a lot of worms. A lot, there are a lot of baits at the fish shop. A lot of different color baits, a lot of, you know, expensive baits and colorful baits. There are a lot of kind of baits out there. The devil knows exactly how, what you like. Because I understand, listen, listen, listen to me now. What you like haven't changed. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed over the years. What you like, what I like, what we like hasn't changed. He knows exactly what to put down there. I'm going to catch me some crappy tonight. I'm going to catch me a saint tonight. I'm going for some deacon. I'm going for some preacher. I'm going for a church member. I'm going for him tonight. He knows exactly what to put on there, to put out there, to dangle in front of your face. And if we have not successfully put the word of God, put our prayer time on this spirit side to weigh him down and let spirit man be in control, and let flesh dangle up in the air being out of control. If we haven't done that, if, we're, if, we don't, if we haven't given weight to the spirit man, then when the temptation comes, you know, we're going to fall, base nature. But if, we give, if we've given weight to the spirit man, temptation comes, hey, I don't want that. No. No. You can give him snap, three snaps in a circle if you want to. No, I'm not going to do that. No, you have no power over me, devil. No. But if we have not fed the spirit man, there's only one other way to go. You know, one man once said, don't curse the darkness. Just light a candle. Talk about how dark it is or or how weak you are. Just light a candle. Begin to do something about it. You know, if it's if it's dark here, if it's dark in this room, oh man, it's so dark. Let's stop talking about the darkness. Somebody go over and turn the light on in the back, right? That's one thing we do. Part of human nature, we like to complain, talk about the problem, talk about the problem. But God never told you to talk about the mountain. He said, talk to the mountain, speak to it, speak to it, deal with it, handle it. And I assure you, as you do that. You're going to win every time. Oh, my Lord, we are. I think we're out of time. Got time for one more. Let me read to you the book of Ephesians, um, fifth chapter. It's going to read a little bit out of the uh, New Living Translation. I love the way it reads. It reads like this, Ephesians, the first cha- uh, fifth chapter, verse number one. I'm just going to read just a little bit. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his dear children. 
Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Verse 7, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. Say once. Once Once we were full of darkness. Once it happened. We were there. We're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But then God pulled us out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We ought to be glad about it. Glory to God. Once we were there. Hallelujah. It says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Let me read a little bit more. Verse 10. Carefully examine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why. uh, This is why. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, rather raise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Are you with me? Two more verses. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. Don't be drunk with wine. That means being out of control. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, whatever the wine is, doesn't have to be liquor or an alcoholic drink, but being out of control with whatever. Being out of control, whether it's you name it. Because that will ruin your life. It says, instead, be filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. King James says, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Let the Holy Spirit control. Let him have control. Let him have place in your life. Remember, again, the Bible says that through the spirit, we can mortify the deeds of the flesh. In other words, we can put to death. We can stop it through the Holy Spirit. Listen. You can't stop flesh with flesh. You can't stop your flesh 
making a New Year's resolution through sheer willpower alone. You can't stop it because it goes deeper than you. Are you with me? You say, I'm not going to do it. Uh, This is my New Year's resolution. I'm not going to do that anymore. You're doing it through the flesh. And you can't stop flesh with flesh. You can only stop flesh with the spirit. So you have to go to the Holy Ghost and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me in this area. You know, I want to eat this. You know, I want to do this. You know, I want to do that. You know, I want to cuss her out. Lord, I need your help. I need your help controlling my tongue, controlling my actions. I need your help. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Move throughout all of me. I need you. I need you. When you confess your sins before him, confess what is in you, what's happening, you're bringing it to the light. You're bringing it to light when you talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. He's great. He's great. He's greater than any psychiatrist around, let me tell you. When you just talk to him about it, you're getting it out in the open. You're not informing him of the problem. Look, God, I got something to tell you. You may not, no, no, Lord already knows. You're not informing him of it, but when we talk to him about it, we own up to it. And when we own up to it, he makes a way for us to be cleansed from it. The Bible says that we would confess our sins before him. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And he's going to wash us from all sin and unrighteousness. He'll clean you up. But here's the problem. We have the thing, but we don't confess it. We have it, but we don't say it's wrong. If we just keep it to ourselves, that means it's it's in the dark. If it's in the dark, guess who lives in the dark? The devil, the enemy. And guess what he's trying to do with that? He's trying to develop a way to destroy you. We're not ignorant of the enemy's schemes or devices. The Bible says that um, we need to pull on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy, the wiles, the trickery, the tactics of the devil. He has some tactics and some tricks. Please understand this. That's why we got to feed our spirit man. How many of you today going to, you, you made a fresh commitment in your heart, you're going to feed your spirit man. Anybody? We're going to feed our spirit man. Understand, because the enemy has already got a plan for you and for me. There's already stuff right now on television that we like to look at. Come on. That is designed to feed your flesh. We've got to ask God, Lord, get that desire out of me. Help me, Lord, help me. Get that desire out of me. And as you do that, he will. And you'll notice, I don't even want to watch that anymore. I don't even want to do that anymore. Then you turn around and you think, after a while you, you think, well, how did that happen? I used to like doing that. I used to like watching that. I don't know why I don't like to do that anymore. Well, the Holy Spirit is taking it out of your heart, taking that desire out of you. And he did it so slowly, you don't even remember that it happened. He loves you, and God wants the best for you. We're done tonight. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.